0: There's a common perception that Millennials don't want to buy new cars and don't even want to drive. Professor Mike Bernacchi at the University of Detroit Mercy has data that refutes that perception. He explains how car companies and dealerships should be marketing to Millennials. Underwriting for the production of Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner. the world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. We create innovative mobility technologies that reduce energy consumption and emissions while improving performance. Our proven track record has made us an industry leader in forward-looking propulsion solutions for combustion, hybrid, and electric vehicles. And now, here's your host, John
1: McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. You know, there's a perception in the automotive industry that millennials really don't like cars. They don't even want to drive. They don't want to have anything to do with the automotive industry. But we've got a guest on here today with some very interesting data that points out otherwise. Mike Bernacchi is a Professor of Marketing at the University of Detroit Mercy. And Mike, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks.
2: appreciate that, John. Also
1: joining us is Mike Martinez with Automotive News, who, by the way, also went to the University of Detroit Mercy. And it's great having you here, Mike. Thanks for having me. So, Mike Bernacchi, let's get to some of the studies that you've done. Uh, And there's a lot to talk about here. But one thing that really jumped out at me is You looked at the sales figures in the U.S. market so far this year by demographics. So you identified uh, a mature generation, people older than me, baby boomers like myself, Gen Xers, and millennials, and your data found that millennials are driving all the sales growth this year for new cars.
2: Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, you know, absolutely. When you take a look at it, you know, it's a fallacy to think that millennials don't want or won't buy cars uh, because uh, they want them and, you know, they will buy them. And not only that, but they understand the necessity of a car. And it also enhances their image depending upon the kind of car that they get. And so they're very, very interested in making sure that they make a good buy. And so the major difference is Back many years ago, you know, they used to go to five dealers and make comparisons and et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? They make comparisons today, absolutely. But they make comparisons online. And the number of dealers that they go to, one. And it's to close the deal, not to be part of the deal. And, you know, versus five uh, dealers, uh, you know, years ago, So that's how, you know, the transformation has changed, John. What's changed, though, in the sense that certainly if you go back 10 years ago,
1: millennials were not buying cars like their predecessors had. And, you know, we see the the growing popularity of ride sharing, like with Uber and Lyft, or even car sharing with Zipcar and Maven. And so I think that's where this perception came about, that millennials really don't care about owning cars. What's changed in that time frame?
2: Well, you know, uh, uh, the fact is that they understand that for various reasons, they need a car. Okay, it's not something that you can say, well, it doesn't make any difference. It does make a difference. So once you acknowledge that you need a car, then what do you do? You know, how do you go about it? Well, of course, now, as it turns out, that they spend an inordinate amount of time online. And the online time is where they go with reference to their cars and dealership, not so much. So if you have, if you're a dealership, you really have to be competitive because you're going to be the end of the process.
3: And I think, John, uh, to your point, what's changed is that a lot of these millennials have gotten older. Right. If you take a look at the, the years that we count millennials, it's, I think, 1981 to 1996. Well, on the, the high end there, that's 37 years old, right? So now these guys are growing up, they're starting families, they're having kids, and yeah, maybe when they were young and hip in their 20s, they wanted to live in a city center and didn't need a car, but now, just like their parents before them, they're moving out into the suburbs, right? And they need a car to get to their job, to get to school, take the kids off to soccer practice. So maybe, you know, part of it has to do with this age group getting a little bit older as well. Sure,
2: I I don't think there's any doubt uh, about it. And the need is the component. Once you need something, then you have to decide, you know, what is the best way to satisfy that need? And so it's changed over time, you know, and young millennials, you know, they don't have a... CAR as uh, you know, as often and as early as the older millennials. But guess what? The, they're going to get one. As a matter of fact, almost three-quarters of them are going to get one within a year, which means you've got to get busy, you know, and make sure you know what you're doing, because that's where the time is being spent. And it's a lot of time spent online. And by the way, they are the best-informed and most tech-savvy You know of any of the car buyers that's who they are so are car dealers and car companies missing out on an opportunity are they doing a good enough job of marketing to Millennials yeah I don't I don't think so honestly you know I mean they understand what's going on but when we said you know tech savvy well when you take a look at the inside of the car what does tech savvy mean? Well, gee whiz, you got a GPS and you have the radio and and it's got to be really connected to the telephone. And that's, you know, a big issue. And if you don't do those things and offer them and market them, you're missing out on that marketplace.
3: I think dealers are a little bit behind the times when it comes to any sort of technology. Uh, and marketing uh to with this new technology right i've had a number of uh people from oems tell me that we just want all our dealers to have similar looking websites we want our logo front and center instead of you know somebody in a cowboy hat you know uh you know offering them a great deal on a new car so they're they even struggle to get with uh the world wide web right the internet so to ask them to do all these digital type of of marketing and advertising, these younger generation, they they don't quite get that at this point. So it's going to take some time for them to develop the strategy.
2: Yeah, you know, what they don't understand is that it is, uh, you know, still a very important facet. You know, the idea of really uh, being a proud owner of a car has not lost its luster. How you go about it has changed. And so you've got to... Be on top of it and know who you're going to market to, when you're going to market to. And that tech savviness, you just cannot, you know, dilute. You just cannot minimize it. It is of extreme importance. So how would you recommend that they go about doing that? Or do you have specific recommendations? Yeah, you know, um, since you know, you already know now that dealers are at the end of the process. And when we talked about years ago there being five dealers, whoops. It's one dealer, and so you better know what you're doing, how you can facilitate, you know, that one dealership, and so you have to be competitive right in that process, and that dealership is as competitive, and you know, you don't think of it this way, as the car brand itself. So we have the dealer brand and how they're going to handle it versus the car brand, or you have to include the car brand. So it's a whole different way of uh, doing business, John.
3: I think a lot of this comes back to the automakers and how you uh, market your vehicles as fun to drive and as uh, a passionate object, right? Because we're seeing all kinds of crossovers and SUVs flood the market and a lot of them look very similar, right? A lot of the cars, sedans of yesterday looked very, very similar. You need companies like Ford to say, here's our Mustang, here's why you should get in it, here's why it's fun to drive, or Chevy to say, here's this Camaro, to differentiate your products and make them appealing. Uh, Going back to Ford, a lot of their sportier cars, Fiesta ST, Focus RS, the sales were driven by 35, 36, 37 year olds in that millennial bracket. So if you can make them fun to drive, people get in them. It's a very simple equation.
2: You know, and also when you take a look at what's going on here, Uh, Mike mentioned the whole idea of SUVs. The market has changed for these folks. They want SUVs, about three-quarter of them, are going to wind up buying SUVs or light trucks. And that's a whole different way of taking a look at a car as opposed to just buying your sedans. So you have to be in tune with that and market accordingly. Well, it's very interesting.
1: So what you guys are saying is maybe the... THE LOWEST MONTHLY DEAL IS NOT THE WAY TO MARKET TO MILLENNIALS, THAT SELLING THE ATTRIBUTES OF THE CAR OR THE BRAND
2: ARE THE WAY TO MARKET IT? I DON'T THINK THERE'S ANY DOUBT ABOUT IT, YOU KNOW, uh, BECAUSE THE uh, AUTOMOBILE, THE VEHICLE, SPEAKS TO WHAT'S GOING TO BE PURCHASED. AND SO YOU HAVE TO REALIZE WHAT'S GOING ON TODAY, AND WHAT'S GOING ON TODAY, YOU KNOW, AS WE ALREADY MENTIONED, IS MILLENNIALS BUYING BIGGER VEHICLES. And, you know, also wanting to have all of the attributes and really being competitive, you know, with the car brand, you know, versus uh, the dealer brand. And and, uh, so it makes a contribution and continues to make a contribution.
3: I think automakers have to let this demographic know that, yeah, Uber and Lyft are cool. You know, those electric bikes, those scooters are a lot of fun, but they don't serve all your purposes all the time. As a card-carrying millennial myself, right, I've tried a lot of these things out. <laughs> and I remember distinctly one time I took my parents uh, to a Red Wings game at the new arena here in downtown Detroit. And I say, all right, mom and dad, we're gonna be cool, we're gonna take an Uber, Uber back, it'll be nice and easy. We got out of that, that game at the end of the night, and this is February, it's freezing cold, and we go to find the pickup location for Uber at this crowded stadium with thousands of people trying to do the same thing we're doing. It took us probably 45 minutes to be able to find a car and to find up and meet up with them. Meanwhile, there's all kinds of people just going right next door to that parking garage, getting in their cars, you know, pre-starting them, having the seats nice and warmed up and driving home. I really wished we had just taken our car and parked in that garage. That's an incident where maybe that makes more sense. Yeah, you know,
2: Mike makes a very good point and that is when you're taking a look at the ride sharing, it sounds good, it sounds attractive, but it really doesn't get the job done because at the end of the day, we really prefer personal transportation, you know, and you can ride share on a bicycle, you can ride share on anything, but you have to be in a place at a certain time, and that 's how not that 's not how we 've been cultivated you know for the in the car market
3: mm-hmm. I, I will say though, John, back to your point about lowest monthly deal that doesn 't hurt either right we 're seeing a lot of uh, uh, dealerships, a lot of auto- automakers offer. Uh, very long loan terms, right? Six, seven, eight years. And there's a lot of issues that could stem from that. But at the end of the day, they do make that monthly payment look a little more appealing. So maybe that could help, uh, you know, a younger person who's just starting off in a, a entry-level job, maybe make it easier for them to get that SUV uh, and to own that. So that may be helping this whole trend as well. You know,
2: and we don't want to forget the fact that really— uh, nine, uh, 2019, about 20% of the market is millennials. Guess what? By 2100, it's 40% of the market's going to be millennials. So you have to cultivate that you market. I mean, 2021. Yes, 2021. Yeah. Right, right.
1: So uh, let me ask you guys this then. Uh, one of the things that uh, a number of automakers are doing now in terms of marketing and selling their cars is offering subscription services. And so instead of buying a car, instead of leasing a car, you subscribe to the service. And it includes everything, the car payment, your insurance, all the maintenance. The only thing it does not include is fuel. And automakers are saying they're doing this because this is what millennials want. Millennials are used to paying for subscription services for their phone or for music services or what have you. But let me start with you, Mike Bernanke. Do you think that subscription services is a way
2: to appeal to millennials? Uh, I think it's a way, but, you know, you can't lose the other facets of it. And I'm concerned, you know, if you do this subscription service, that maybe you're going to leave this, you know, this high tech. I want to keep on pounding on this tech, because millennials want tech in their vehicles. They want tech to be sold. They want it to be appreciated. And it makes a difference, John. It makes a difference. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm not sold on car subscription services, mainly for the price. They're very expensive. It's it's outrageous. You're talking thousands of dollars for some of these luxury vehicles uh, every month that you have to pay in. Maybe for those premium cars. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe not for millennials, though. Maybe for more well-established older people who have, you know, had in retirement now they have a little extra money to spend right? So you're willing to throw that and have insurance and everything covered. But I don't know if it translates for mass market brands like a Chevy or a Ford. Mm -hmm. I just don't think so.
2: You know, as a matter of fact, when you take a look at it, uh, millennials would like to move up to a BMW. I mean, that's a wonderful image vehicle, but you got to be able to afford it. And how do you move up to that? Well, you have to be careful you know, about your payment. You have to be careful or you're never going to get there. Of course, uh,
1: what uh, the automakers would argue is, well, this is why we have certified pre-owned programs where a car goes into the used car lot. They do all these inspections. You get a one-year warranty. Is that the way to get millennials into BMWs?
2: Well, you know, I don't think it's a way to get them into BMWs. I think maybe it's a way to progress them into the initial vehicle, but I think you need you know uh, other things to really get to a BMW you have to understand that with a BMW you know you have something special there and the specialness you know is what you're selling and we're back to Millennials again they know what the heck's going on on that so watch out for that BMW junk <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think it could be an option especially after you start to cycle through these cars you know whether it's a six-month subscription one year couple months, right? And after they come back a few times, probably be able to lower that price a bit and maybe then they'd be more affordable. But un- until then, a couple of years from now, I don't see that happening.
2: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think it's, uh, it's a possibility, but only a possibility.
1: Mike, what I was in- enthralled by with your, your research, like I said, if you look at what you've designated as mature buyers, and I, I don't know, what age group
2: is that? Yeah, well, you take a look. You can have mature millennials, and that's of course the older millennial, you know. But when you take a look at mature buyers, you go all the way to boomers, of course, Mm -hmm. you know. And you have to appeal to everybody. But hang on, hang on. The marketplace is the millennials. I go back to the fact that 30 percent, you know, by 2019 is millennials, and. 40% 40% a few years later, how can you not deal with that marketplace and appeal to them and be consistent with them? John, it's absolutely a necessity. What are they buying right
1: now, and what do you think they're going to buy? You, you mentioned technology. Yes. But when
2: the, in the vehicles themselves, what do you see them buying? Well, uh, you know, technology inside of the vehicle is very important. And, by the way, if it's important inside the uh, vehicle, then you better be selling it, as a matter of fact, because that's where you have your real catch. And, you know, you can talk about technology as it, you know, pertains to uh, brakes or steering systems. You almost expect that. And that's just not really that important to market. You know, you got to do things that you can gravitate to, and you can gravitate, you know, to the stuff that, for example, if a vehicle is phone connected, boy, that is of extraordinary importance. I mean, how many people drive, get from wherever they're going to here by looking at their telephones? Uh, It's an extraordinary amount, and it's going to keep growing, John.
3: There's no doubt about it. Mike, I'm curious if you think traditional advertising, right, like we see all these Super Bowl commercials, or, or at any other time of the year, uh, television, if you think that can reach millennials, if that can appeal to them, and you know, if so, if there's any particular automakers that are that maybe figured out that formula more so yeah,
2: than others. Yeah, absolutely makes a contribution. We take a look at how you can attack, how you can be with millennials, and that whole idea of uh, word of mouth which comes, of course, from, you know, uh, advertising. By the way, you know, and I don't want to get lost here in Super Bowl advertising, but gee whiz, you know, that's why Super Bowl advertising is so important, because you get connected to discussion, and discussion you know, gets the sales going, Mike. It's very, uh, very important.
3: And that that still translates, that still resonates with... Absolutely,
2: absolutely, you know. And while it's traditional media, we don't want to kick it out just because it's traditional media. It has a real presence for millennials, and they use it. That's what's key, you know. They use it for their discussion. But it would seem that
1: online advertising would play a more important role in marketing to
2: millennials. Well, sure it does. You know, you take a look at the amount of time, you know, that online. uh, It's uh, uh, incredible, you know, what's being done. And, you know, you can't ignore any kind of uh, promotion. You've got to hit them all. You've got to hit online. You've got to hit, you know, the traditional media, et cetera. And it's really, it's that cathartic connection, which, you know, really helps sell a vehicle. And as long as you're selling the right characteristics.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. You're starting to see more and more automakers dabble into things like Instagram, Snapchat, these sort of micro advertisements that are maybe five or 10 seconds. But as you're going through a Snap story, right, and you're going through a bunch of different videos, you'll see a promoted story with a 10-second ad for Maven from GM, for example, I've seen that. Or on Instagram, when you're going down uh, a picture feed, you'll see something for the Ford or the Lincoln brand. So I think automakers more and more are looking at the space and saying, you know, can we connect with these guys as they're scrolling through their phone, maybe just mindlessly, but at least in the back of their heads, they see us, right? Maybe that sticks. You know, and
2: I I don't want to skip the fact that millennials are spending 17.6 hours of online and online So every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you have to be on top of it. You have to know that that's, you know, going to happen. And that's why we can talk about this, you know, resonating and and eventually being, you know, to one dealer, you better know what you're doing, you know. But boy, can you imagine that 17.6 hours being online? Boy, you can't miss any of that. That's such an important contribution. Well, what do you
1: think of what Mike Martinez is saying here, these uh, 10-second-long ads? Uh, Look, I'm one now who likes my information in short, digestible bites. But is 10 seconds enough to get the message across?
2: Well, you know, one 10-second, maybe not. But, you know, if you combine—and I think Mike's exactly right—you know, that makes a contribution. And again, you know, when we take a look at something like— uh, maybe NFL advertising, and without having people kneel on the ground and worrying about it too much, you know when you start taking a look at those bites and bits, that becomes very important, so you can segue success with a few seconds here and a few seconds there, you know by which you can afford, but make sure you 're hitting you know the ball when you do it mm-hmm. so
1: the the message i 'm getting here is as an automaker and as a dealer, you've really got to start advertising the technology in the car that the millennial can use. To your point, if it's in the engine, the brake system, they
2: expect that. You're, You're saying really hit the technology. Absolutely hit the technology. And technology that's usable and they can identify with right away. And you know, the two or three items, you know, inside on the dashboard, makes all the difference in the world. And you know, the connection of the technology with each other is very, very important,
3: very important. I think one thing that dealers can practically do you know, today is just sit customers down and walk them through the tech more so than they do, right? You get into that showroom and you sign on the dotted line and you get excited. You want to take delivery of your vehicle and they'll run through the bullet points, right? The highlights. Sure. And maybe you're not paying attention and you drive home and you start to play with the touchscreen and you wonder, okay, what do I do now? I think they really need to appeal to their buyers by saying, hey, come back a week later with any questions or let us give you a demonstration on this infotainment system or how to connect your your car or your telephone with Apple CarPlay or Android Auto and really dial into that tech and show them how exactly to use it because that's one of the biggest problems. People don't really know how to use it, they get nervous, so then they just leave it alone and a year later they haven't used half of what their car can do.
2: Yeah, and boy, what a point that uh, misses, my goodness sake. You can get them forever, you know, we call pass purchase, pass purchase selling. That becomes very, very important at that particular time. And so you have to keep you know, pounding the nail on the head here with reference to millennials before, after, and throughout. That's the only way to have success. So what you're saying, Mike Martinez, is they really need kind
1: of genius bars in their dealerships. Exactly. But you know, I'm one who, if I got my new car, I really don't want to go back to the dealer. It, it, would it be better to have classes at the dealership Or what about just build a tutorial into the screen itself? So if I wanna learn how to connect my my phone for Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, I can learn right from the car instead of having to go back to the dealership.
3: There's a lot you can do. If it's maybe more of a premium luxury buyer, maybe you could do something at their home, right? Send a tech out there. Uh, Or even mainstream, if that makes sense, if you're getting the return on on investment uh, as a dealership. But you need to be able to retain those customers And don't just say goodbye when they get out of that showroom.
2: You know, when you look at that, back to that time that's spent online, 17.6 hours. Are you kidding me? You have to make sure that you're always hitting the long ball. And I like the idea of a tutorial right there on the screen of the automobile. So you can stay connected, learn as you're doing, and you know what? You have a feeling of accomplishment. And that's very helpful, too, with reference to tech, very helpful. I I will add, as a non-millennial,
1: I, too, have (laughs) discovered that there's a YouTube video for just about everything. So even if it's not in the tutorial of your car or if your dealership doesn't offer classes, I'll bet you can find a video for it on YouTube.
2: No, I'm sure that that's right. And, you know, the idea of uh, if dealers want to participate, they got to get in the boat and row it. You know, and that becomes very, very important. So both before the purchase, after the purchase, and throughout. That becomes very important. Well, with that, we're going to have to wrap this discussion up. But very interesting.
1: There's a growing market for millennials. They're driving all the growth. There's huge opportunity for automakers and for dealers if they really sell the technology and get involved with them.
2: You know, how important is that? They are driving sales, auto sales, who would have thunk, guess what? That's exactly what's going on. And so you have to address the marketplace. There is not, no other way to do it. Well, I wouldn't have thunk it. And that's why I wanted to do this show. So Michael Bernanke, thanks
1: so much for coming on. Thanks very Michael much Martínez, for Michael Martinez, thank me. you as well. And of course, I want to thank all of you.
0: Underwriting for the production of Autoline This Week has been provided by Borg Warner. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. We create innovative mobility technologies that reduce energy consumption and emissions while improving performance. Our proven track record has made us an industry leader in forward-looking propulsion solutions for combustion, hybrid, and electric vehicles.